0: Welcome to A Slob Comes Clean, the podcast. I'm Dana K. White. I blog over at aslobcomesclean.com. That's where I share my personal deslobification process. As I figure out ways to keep my own home under control, I share the truth about cleaning and organizing strategies that actually work in real life for real people, people who don't love cleaning and organizing. Um, I am calling this podcast number 199. Can y'all believe we're about to hit 200 podcasts? minus a few when I misnumbered here and there. But anyway, um, I'm calling this one getting others on board with cleaning up the house or something like that. Okay. But the main focus is getting others on board. So anyway, I'm answering a question that I got, um, that has a lot of layers to it. So I'm going to be talking about multiple different layers of that. Um, I'm going to say this is about my least favorite subject to talk about because I, don't focus on this. I focus on myself, what I am doing and what I'm not doing. Because if there is one thing I have learned through life, I'm sorry, did I say I have learned this, I meant that I continue to have to learn again and again, even though I think I've learned it. And then all of a sudden, it turns out I haven't learned it at all. Um, And that is I am the only person I can control. I am the only person whose thoughts and actions I can control. And, um, because I can't control any other person, not even my children, right? Because I can't control anyone other than myself. Um, I cannot put expectations on them that they could only meet if I was to control them as robots, Right. I am just going to be honest. I feel like even if I had a robot, I wouldn't be able to control it. Anyway, I don't know. Um, this is not a science fiction podcast in case you're new here, but anyway, so the reason I don't like talking about this is because I only talk about what I am doing and what I am not doing and figuring out why I'm not doing things and figuring out how I can make myself actually do the things that I need to do. Um, that is my focus. And because I made that the focus from the beginning, which part of my story is that I didn't tell anyone what I was doing. So I couldn't place these expectations upon them. Um, including my husband, uh, because that's when I started making progress where before I had always combined trying to change my home with expectations of the other people living in my home. And that never worked for me. Okay. All right. So, but we haven't even started the podcast yet. So I'm gonna tell you that this podcast is brought to you by Blinds Chalet. If you are loving your house more as you declutter and you're ready to spiff it up, window coverings make a huge difference in the look of your home. Blinds Chalet is America's foremost window cl- window covering experts. They offer the best blinds, shades, and shutters available on the market today. Ordering your window treatments from Blinds Chalet is simple. Can visit their website at www.blindschalet.com www.blindschalet, or give them a call at 888-633-7840. Simply select the window coverings you're interested in and order free samples of the product to see the color First hand and feel the material. Next, input your window measurements and order your blinds. Need help with measuring or installing? Not a problem. Simply locate a certified installation professional on their website by entering your zip code. With Blinds Chalet, you get the best custom window treatment products at the best prices available. Some products ship as soon as one business day after you order. See the difference for yourself and order free samples from Blinds Chalet today. Visit Blind Chalet at www.blindchalet.com or call 888-633-7840. Use the promo code CLEAN for a special discount exclusive to a Slob Comes Clean podcast listeners. Listeners, Again, that's blindchalet.com or 888-633-7840. Use promo code CLEAN for a special discount. Um, okay. All that information is also going to be in the show notes for this podcast. All right. So a question that I got. Um, so again, you know, when you say the words, getting people on board, that sounds fun, right? Like kind of like on board a cruise ship or on board a train, like you're going to go somewhere and it's going to be fun. Um, yeah, it's not fun because we're talking about cleaning. Um, we're talking about, you know, the, all the stuff in the house that nobody likes doing. I'm sure there are people who do like it, but I doubt they listen to this podcast anyway. Um, so it sounds like a fun subject. Let's get everybody on board. But at the same time, um, this is really one of the most emotionally draining parts of this entire deslobification process is the, that part of it. Now, the thing I have to remind you is that you are listening to a podcast titled a slob comes clean you care more than someone who's not listening to this okay now those of you who are being forced to listen to this right now i am sorry i just want you to know that it's not me who's forcing you and i'm and i'm going to just go ahead and tell you that the person who forced you um it's because they love you and please give them the benefit of the doubt those of y'all doing the forcing maybe this is one of those podcasts you should listen to by yourself. <laughs> anyway. Um, so this is, there's no easy answer to this question. Okay. So we already talked about how you're the only person you can control. You cannot control other people. I am even talking about children. Um, so I taught this class called teen leadership years and years and years and years ago, my first year, um, teaching in Texas. And, um, I'm sure it was fine. I, I I was, I was in a weird place. I had just moved back from overseas, gotten married, all this stress in my life and had mono and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, like for the first two weeks of school. But one of the things that we were supposed to teach them, here's the reason I didn't like class. I'm sure it's great. I just felt like it was teaching all these concepts of being leaders and participating and have taking on responsibility. And I was like, I'm a theater teacher. And when we do a play, the kids are learning all of these things without actually just sitting around talking about them. Does that make sense? Anyway, that was my little personal pet peeve with it. So it was a great class. But one of the things that we talked about was how nobody can control you. And the kids would be like, yes, some, you know, and the issue there was, them wanting the kids to take ownership for their actions, to not blame other people for the things that happen to them or don't happen to them. And of course, kids would be like, because they were junior hires, they come up with the most crazy situations, you know, the most extreme. If somebody's holding the gun to my head, then yes, I have to do that. And the point of the curriculum was whatever you do, you're still making the choice. I know that's a horrible example but their point was, even if somebody is physically threatening you, you are still making the choice. Now, are we going to go into all of the semantics there and blah, 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 and self-preservation and blah, blah, No, we're not. Okay. We're not going into that today, but the point is owning I can only control myself, you know, taking that from, yes, I need to take personal responsibility and stop blaming circumstances or other people or what people are forcing me to do or wanting me to do. Um, I'm going to stop blaming that, but I'm also going to accept that I can't control other people. Okay. So there is no easy answer to this. All right. So let's talk about what are, what do I, I can only come from my own perspective here. All right. My goal Is giving other people a comfortable home, is giving, is making my home, making our family's home comfortable. That is what I have come to the point of. Now, was I at that place when I first started? No, because I would look at someone else's seemingly perfect home and I would think that home looks so much more comfortable than mine because mine is stressful and there's clutter everywhere and dishes are never done and blah, blah. This was me back in 2009. So I would look at my house and I would think, okay, well, that's the goal. I want my house to be perfect like that. I want it everything to just look great all the time. Not knowing that they only let me in their house when it was picked up, but whatever. Um, but over time of making huge improvements in my home, and still never gaining perfection. I've realized oh, my actual goal is to have a home that's comfortable, a home where we can live, relax, do the things that we need to be able to do as a family, not just to enjoy each other, but also to function in life. You know, for my kids to be able to, you know, go to school and do okay because they can find the things they need to find to do what they need to do when they're at home. You know, you know what I mean? Okay. So having a comfortable home is my goal. So yes, I'm decluttering to give more room in my home and to make my life easier, to make our family's life easier. Um, I'm implementing basic routines that free up a lot of time in our house, strangely, didn't really realize that was going to happen. Um, but you know, having a daily dishwashing routine so that it only takes 15 minutes a day, as opposed to two to three hours every three to four days, okay that's dishes math i've talked a lot about that in the past but you know freeing implementing basic routines that will free up a lot of time and mental and physical space to eliminate frustration and help us enjoy living in our house okay those are those are my goals um so decluttering and implementing basic routines the reasons i do that is for those things um now looking at um the emotional aspect of this you know and trying to get other people to get on board I'm just going to go ahead and say that I'm a firm believer that, that hurting or sometimes even ruining a relationship by either fighting openly or nursing secret resentment over these issues and what somebody else is or isn't doing or criticizing mm -hmm, negates that actual goal. Okay. So I'm decluttering and I'm implementing basic routines because I want to have a comfortable home where we can all relax. But if those same things, and I am working toward that goal, but then that causes relationship pain, then that negates what I'm working to as my goal anyway. Okay. And I, I say this because I hear from a lot of people who have experienced a lot of hurt in their relationships. Okay. And I have experienced, you know, feeling criticized before. I mean, my husband is incredibly supportive, but that doesn't mean we've had moments where I have been really hurt by something that he said over the state of our house when I was very frustrated and felt like a failure over it. You know, I mean, occasionally it still happens. All right. You know, and, and so, but I hear, but, and those things are going to happen. Those moments are going to happen. And there are things that you have to work through. I mean, if you think that if you're a newlywed or you're about to get married and you, you don't think that's ever going to happen to you, I'm so sorry. It is. All right. But the, the devastating emails that I get from people are, from situations where that was an ongoing thing. It was a constant thing of feeling like nothing they ever did was good enough, feeling like they were, um, these are people who, you know, have been hurt in these situations, feeling like, um, they were never understood. Um, their efforts were, you know, discounted because they weren't good enough. Whatever. Okay. So I hear about a lot of hurt in relationships. So my my number one thing is the relationships have to be first. You know, my mother made a conscious decision. I think she says I was 12 or 14. I don't I don't remember because I didn't know that this happened. But she says in talking to her now that she can remember being us having some sort of typical mother-daughter issue and standing at my door and, um, looking at my incredibly messy room behind me and wanting to start talking about that too, and deciding, no, the room is not going to be the thing that breaks this relationship. You know, she was just like, I'm just, I'm not gonna, we're not going to have that as a stressor. And so she let that go. And not that she never worked with me and, but I think it changed her perspective. And instead, you know, what I remember of my mom and my messiness issues was her constantly trying to help me figure out what would work for me. Like, okay, well, you know, she would think, okay, maybe this will work for you. And so she came at things from that perspective. And so I always felt like when I wanted to do better, she was there to help me with whatever it was that I, I wanted you know, to try to figure out. Does it make sense? So I could go to her and that and our relationship was not ruined over that. Um so keeping these goals as opposed to perfection in mind. Number one goal is to make your home comfortable. Ways to achieve that goal declutter so you have more space to do what you need to do and you can find the things that you need to find and function the way you need to function. Create routines so that um you know, things stay under control consistently, you know what to do and nurture the relationships. Okay. Cause if you don't have any of those, then I mean, if if one of those is out of whack, then it's going to hurt all the others. Okay. Um, all right. So kids, let's talk about kids for just a second. Me maturing as a mother, which just, is part of my kids getting older. I don't mean like I'm becoming a better mother. I'm just saying like me, reality checking as a mother, as they grow older is me realizing I don't have control of them. And I never have, I've been able to control their circumstances. I've been able to, you know, say, well, this isn't happening unless that's happening, whatever. But the actual control, it's always ultimately their decision. That they're making or not making. Um, and I encourage them to. I might even require them to, but that's still a different thing than control, right? But as they get older, I realize I don't have that control. And that is a good thing. Oh my goodness. No healthy adult is controlled by their mother, right? If somebody's controlled by their mother, that's a really sad story, right? When they're an adult. So the goal now is that t- teenage years, from what I can see, are the transition time of that. Okay. I still control the basic environment, but little by little, I have less and less control over their everyday decisions and those things. And so the goal is to get them, you know, to help provide an environment and provide encouragement and structure that will help them to make these decisions, the right decisions on their own, whatever. I'm sorry. I don't give parenting advice. So please don't take that as parenting advice. Um, Okay. So, but how do you get people on board? Um, Number one is work on yourself first. Um, Establish routines before you bring other people in on those routines. I'm sorry. (laughs) Establish routines before you try to bring other people in on routines. My story before I started my deslobification process, before I started just focusing on myself and what I was doing and what I wasn't doing is that I would make big plans and I would sit my family down and tell them, this is how things are going to work from now on. And then I would personally fail And they weren't about to remind me because they were not the ones who had sat down and made a plan because they thought everything needed to change. It was simply a matter of they were kind of just waiting for things to fail again. So it was not until I figured out what works for our family and how we function in our particular home, which, you know, the, the advice that I give on that is if there's something that drives you crazy, solve that problem every day for seven days. And I don't mean make your family solve it you personally solve that problem every day for seven days. And even before it turns into a problem again, and you're going to figure out how this could actually work in your family. That's how I would approach adding new habits and things to, um, you know, daily tasks to our family back when I first started this process for myself. Okay. And I started with the dishes, but, um, you know, work on yourself first and establish those routines to figure out, how do these routines actually really work in my family? That doesn't mean you don't say, I need you to wipe down the cabinets or I need you to bring your, um, dishes to the sink right now, but it's establishing a routine. So instead of saying, I need you to always bring your dishes to the sink every single day, instead you're figuring out the routine and you're saying, bring your dishes to the sink, please. Okay. And I'm saying that, like I would say to a child, to a husband, which I only have one, um, I'm going to say, you know, Hey, can you bring your dishes to the sink? You know, I mean, so it, it's that, that thing, not, have you not noticed that I am trying to do the dishes immediately after dinner every time? Okay. That there's a difference there. Okay. So bringing them in, you know, establishing the routines doesn't mean that they can't, be helping out with those, but I'm coming up with the routines, make the routines happen. And then they're going to have something to come in on. I had to accept for myself that I had established the routine of a messy home. Okay. I had established that we didn't necessarily do the dishes. Well, we didn't, I mean, back before I started the book, we didn't do the dishes every day, do the dishes every day. We didn't. I would let them build to the point where it was worth my time, you know, which I was wrong. I was completely and totally wrong. But even in being wrong, I had established a routine, even in not having a routine, I had established a routine. And that was what was normal to my family. My husband didn't like it. But he didn't like our house and our kitchen and everything being messy all the time. He didn't like not ever having a clean you know, whatever he needed at the time and happened to wash one thing. And he didn't like that, but there was, that was the routine that we didn't have a routine. So once I established the routine and figured that out, then my family came alongside on those routines. Does it make sense? Um, again, I am not talking to those of you who, well, I've always done the dishes as soon as dinner was over. And I've always made my kids, you know, bring their stuff to the sink. That's awesome and that's great, but that's not necessarily who I'm talking to here. Okay. I'm talking to the ones who are frustrated in their home and trying to figure it out for yourself what how do you bring people in on that figuring it out. I personally believe it's the person who cares the most that needs to figure it out, establish the routines and then bring people in on that. Does that make sense? I hope so. It's fine for you to disagree with any of this and do whatever you want in your house. I don't care. Anyway, um you know, I, I'm talking, I specifically, everything I say on this podcast is directed toward those who struggle, struggled in their homes, trying to get them under control and keep them under control. Okay. Um, you know, establishing an environment that makes this easier. That's where decluttering comes in. You know, it's, it is flat out easier to do all the dishes when you have fewer dishes there's a lot to that. And I talk about that in my book, how to manage your home without losing your mind. I think I have a podcast on dishes and decluttering how they go together. I mean, those that's reality. Okay. It's reality that part of the establishing an environment where people can have that success is in not having excess stuff. Okay. You know, if if you personally get frustrated that you have to sort through all this different stuff before you can get down to actually doing the basics, um, think how much more frustrating that is to the person who's being asked to do that and doesn't really even care, (laughs) you know, or, or whatever. Okay. Um, so working on, um, you know, decluttering to make those routines and things easier so that bringing the family in is not, also having to, you know, get rid of that clutter. We talked about the layers of a clean house. You know, there's the, um, clutter, which is the stuff that shouldn't even be there. There's the daily routines and then there's the actual cleaning. Okay. I think there's a podcast on that too. Anyway, um, other things with this, you know, work on your own clutter. I just recently, um, three examples right in a row. Okay. Of interactions that I've had with people who, you know, um, participate in the, a slob comes clean family, you know, whatever, wherever it was, but three different examples in a row of people who told the story of having felt paralyzed by a space and having blamed it on their spouse. Having said, uh, sorry, I just bit my tongue. Having said, um, I can't do this because that clutter is someone else's. I can't deal with this space because it's not just my stuff. And then having said, okay, I'm going to just go ahead and deal with my own stuff and get that out of here first. And realizing, oh, the space actually looks a lot better when I went ahead and realized, okay, well, there's a little bit in here that's mine. I mean, most of it's this other person's, but a little bit of it is mine. And they dealt with the stuff that was their own and realized, oh, wow, this space space looks a lot better. And I feel better and our home functions better just when I got my stuff out of there or neutral stuff that my spouse didn't care about. Um, and then sometimes realized that, Oh, okay. Well, I assumed because I, my brain was focusing on the stuff that was his because I assumed my brain was okay. Wait, because my brain was focusing on the stuff that was his, I assumed this big clutter problem is his problem. But when I got my own stuff out of there, I realized actually most of it was mine. Okay. And sometimes it wasn't, but whatever it was better off and that made them feel better and that was their you know, their home functioned better because they had it better. So again, we're going for better. We're never going for perfection. Perfection is great if you can ever get there, but you probably don't need this podcast if you can. All right. So, you know, focusing on better and just saying, okay, I'm even in the midst of the resentment, saying, Well, I think this is mostly his, but fine, I'll get my stuff out of here, or whatever. It's not gonna make any difference. Most of the time it's gonna make a difference. Okay. Um And I hear from people all the time. I don't know that it was in these situations that I heard lately, but I hear from people all the time. They're like, I got my stuff out of there. And then it was easier for my spouse to see, Oh, okay. Yeah, this is my stuff. And then they dealt with it on their own eventually. Can't guarantee that. But I hear the story again and again and again, that the spouse will help. will start dealing with their own stuff after they see, Oh wow, our house looks better. Oh wow. That space is, better off than it was before our house looks better. It feels better. That space is less overwhelming because guess what? Most likely they were looking at that space and just seeing your stuff and thinking the exact same thing you were now that your stuff is gone. It's like, Oh, okay. Now I can see better what to do with that. Okay. Um, Okay, let's talk about our other sponsors before we keep going. Um, I love hearing about all of the decluttering you guys have been doing with bags and bags of clothes leaving your house. But I know some of you are stuck on those high value items that are in great shape, and you think, "Uh, what do I do? Do I sell it? Do I, what do I, you know? Y'all know the only thing that isn't an option here is to keep something when you know it needs to go. That's why I love this sponsor, Poshmark. It's a great option for selling high end clothing. Poshmark is the easiest way to buy and sell fashion items. Download the free Poshmark app to get started. Poshmark carries fashion for women, men, and kids. They have lots of great brands like Lane Bryant, J. Crew, and Free People. If you're looking for something specific that you need for your own wardrobe, I like that you can type in the very specific details of what you need and see lots of pre-owned options that fit your needs. Okay. So you're not just having to browse, browse, browse. You can type in specifically what it is that you need. Items are priced, but if you see something you want, you can make the seller an offer. I think that's a great reality checker too. for the When you're selling something, you may say, this is worth such and such. Well, if you put it up there and nobody's willing to buy it for that, that's a great reality check. But the the kind of the best part about this is the seller. I mean, buyers can make you an offer. So then you're like, Oh, okay. Well, people aren't interested for what I thought it was worth, but Hey, here's, you know, an, a way for me to find out what people really are willing to pay for it. Sell on Poshmark to declutter your closet or to get deals on exactly what you need. They offer designer brands like Louis Vuitton, Michael Kors, Tori Birch for a deal. Download the Poshmark app listeners of a slot. Mm, a slob comes clean, get $5 off your first purchase. Just enter the invite code CLEAN5 when you sign up. That's invite code CLEAN5 in the Poshmark app. Okay. Our last sponsor is Green Chef. It's the end of January and lots of things are Lots of us are being reminded that resolutions to eat healthier food can be hard to keep. Green Chef is a USDA certified organic company that makes eating well, easy, and affordable with plans to fit every kind of lifestyle. Meal plans include paleo, vegan, vegetarian, pescatarian, Mediterranean, heart smart, lean and clean, keto, gluten-free, and omnivore. Ingredients come pre-measured, perfectly portioned, and mostly prepped. There's a diverse array of meal plans with plenty of options to choose from each week. So you can actually enjoy sticking to your goals this year. Let Green Chef do the meal planning, the grocery shopping, and most of the prep for you week after week. I've tried it. Our family orders the carnivore because that's how we are. And the meals we've received have been super easy with everything I needed arriving in a box on my doorstep, ready to be cooked. The teriyaki chicken was the favorite meal we tried for $50 off your first box of green chef, go to greenchef.us slash clean again for $50 off your first box of green chef, go to greenchef.us slash clean. Okay. So in this question that I had received, um, I, I was given some specifics of things. Now, as far as like, you know, questions of how do you get others on board in this, trying to improve your home. Um, and I, I'm going to name off these specifics, but before I do, let me tell you that in this scenario that we're talking about, I play both roles at different times in my home. Okay, so this is the these are the things that the person in my house doesn't do that drive me crazy. Is is the list of example, okay? Um, and I have played both roles when I am playing the part of the person that does the things that drives the other person crazy. Um, sometimes there are things that I don't care about and I don't see what the big deal is. Sometimes there are things that, um, I really do try and I just fail. It just doesn't happen. There are things that I just flat out don't notice. You know, I talk a lot about slob vision, um, in previous podcasts, I have slob vision. I just flat out have slob vision. (laughs) You know, there are things I, I don't see, you know, for example, um, it, closing cabinet doors and closing drawers. I I mean, it is something that it drives my husband bananas. It does. But he has chilled out a lot over the years of realizing, oh yeah, she doesn't see it. And, and he had realized that a lot on his own. Um, but I have a video you know I've told you guys about it before I'm sure a lot of you have seen it where I think it was my first YouTube video that I made of decluttering something and I just kind of let the camera run and then I went and edited it later and as I was going into edit I went oh my goodness I think it's 11 or 12 times that I just moved my head around the um this open cabinet door and it was not just like an open cabinet door in the black background it was literally my entire body is having to contort to get around this thing. And you can see, I have no idea that I'm doing this. There is no reason for that door to not be closed. There was nothing I needed in it. It was just open and I never saw it. And Oh, the beautiful justification that came upon me as I made my husband watch this video and we laughed and we laughed and he cried a little, I'm just kidding. But I mean, really it, There are some things I just flat out don't see. Okay. So I get this perspective of this person, but I all of the person who is doing the things that drive the other person crazy. But I also get the perspective of the person who is driven crazy sometimes. I mean, I have a great husband and there's a lot of great stuff that he does. But sometimes, every once in a while, (laughs) it's super rare. He doesn't listen to the podcast, but just in case, honey. Um, super rare but there are a couple things where i i can get irrationally mad about things you know where i'm like are you are you kidding me are you kidding me that you know you continually set down the soap dispenser sponge scrubber thingy right next to the coffee cup where i want it i'm like if you set it down there then it leaks and it makes a mess. If you put it in upright in the coffee cup, um, you know, then everything's perfect and everything's lovely. And for some reason that doesn't happen anyway. So these are, so I get it from both perspectives. And so that's what I'm going to talk about is from both perspectives, from both perspectives. But remember what we said in the beginning, relationships are the most important. in Understanding the other person and understanding their heart will take you a long way, and also realizing that I don't want my freaking out over one issue to overshadow the heart that I actually really love my husband. I'm very thankful for him i it's not worth it, okay? All right, so these are the examples. The coffee syrup um gets almost put back in the right spot, but it's usually off by a few inches like why can't it go back all the way to its home? Okay. Um, the trash gets taken out, but a new bag doesn't get put in the trash can. The toilet paper gets taken off the holder and then put back on top of the holder. So all these things, first of all, I am pretty sure, I, I don't know if I've seen a specific one on the coffee syrup, but I've seen something equivalent. These are memes, right? Okay. I mean, I have a 17 year old son who, loves memes so much, which is basically like reading the comics was back in the olden days, except anybody can make them. But a meme for those of us who are old and maybe thought that it was saying may may or something, but it's M E M E. And it's what you see all over social media is what I'm saying. Okay. Just maybe some people, most of y'all know what I'm talking about, but just in case somebody doesn't, um, cause I'm often the person who doesn't understand things. Um, a meme is, you know, like a photo and then it's some, words around it that are funny. Okay. Pretty sure I've seen a meme on every single one of these things, right? So the thing to remember there is this is not something that this person in your life is the only person in the entire universe who does this. Okay. Like these are, these are pretty common marriage frustrations, Not that we need to say, oh, well, I can be frustrated because somebody was frustrated enough to make a meme or, you know, whatever, but we go, okay, now it really only matters within our relationship, how we treat each other. But these are, these are common things. Okay. What the reason I bring up the closing cabinet doors and i Oh my goodness, there's a million things I do. I'm the set it down somewhere. You know, I mean, I wrote a post about, um, a while back and I may have talked about it in a podcast. I might've even done a whole podcast on it. Who knows? But you know, the whole like idea of, um, you know, I had a friend who, her, uh, a lady in her life who spoke on, you know, cleaning and organizing, gave advice and stuff like that said one time, if you can't remember to take something with you every time you leave a room, then I can't help you. Um, taking something with you every time you leave a room is an excellent idea. It's a great idea. But the only thing my friend heard was I can't be helped because I know for a fact, this is her talking. I know for a fact she suffers with ADHD. She's like, I, it's not going to happen. It might happen sometimes, But it's not going to happen every single time. And if I can't remember that or don't notice that or life goes on and it never occurs to me to do that, you're saying I can't be helped. Then all she hears is I can't be helped. Okay. Why did I get off on that? I can't remember. I bet it was really going to go somewhere great and then I forgot. But oh well. Anyway, but my point is you know, it's not all over because of that. And I, the person asking the question is not asking that. I mean, she's not saying it's all over because of this. She's basically saying, how do I do this? But the question was, how do I get others on board? And with a lot of these little things, I think a lot of it comes down to me realizing, I think I might be the only one noticing this. I think maybe that the person thought that they had put it back. I think they thought maybe that, well, they had put the toilet paper on the thing and it just didn't occur to them that there was one more step maybe to make. Um, and they thought, well, I had put the syrup back, even though it was two inches away from where I thought it should be. I think in their mind, they, they did put it back. Do you know what I mean? I remember um, when I worked at a camp, and this camp was like super into um, cleanliness, which I'm so incredibly thankful for. Um, like, I learned so much there. But I'm, we had room inspection, and um, the lady who did the room inspections, I don't think she liked me. I'm just going to be real honest. Um, I can sometimes be loud and obnoxious and try to be funny all the time. And there are people in the world who don't love that anyway. Um, but it's a lovely, adorable quality in me. I'm pretty sure anyway, just kidding. But I can remember her making a snarky comment about my bed, not being made. And I was so hurt because I had made my bed. Like, okay, it's strangely making me emotional right now. I don't know. I've been very emotional lately. I'm sorry, y'all. Anyway, I was so hurt by her comment because I was like, I did make my bed. Like I, I was hurt, but I was also so confused. I was like, what is she talking about? Like I had made it now. I've realized over time, okay, so maybe wadded up sheets under one part and it not being, you know, I mean, I was not bouncing a quarter off of anything, that's for sure. But nobody ever explained it to me either. Nobody ever said, okay, this is what you have to do to, you know, for your bed to qualify as being made. Um, And I I was just as confused as I could be. And it was very hurtful because they were saying I hadn't done something. And I was like, but I actually did. Okay. And I, I think that that's one of those frustrations that I feel when I'm on the person not going that extra inch or those extra two inches or whatever the extra two seconds or something. It's like, I actually thought I did it. Okay. That doesn't mean I don't want to improve. That doesn't mean that we can't have these conversations, but the number one advice I'm going to give here is if you feel like this needs to be a conversation, it needs to be a conversation that is not had in the heat of the moment. Okay. So while you're sitting on the toilet, and fuming about this is not the time to start screaming that somebody needs to come in so you can show them what to do. And I'm not, this person was not doing that. Okay. The person asked this question did not. I'm just saying I have had those moments where I'm like, I'm going to deal with this right now. You know, when I'm on the side of things that something's making me crazy, everybody come here. I want to tell you something. And sometimes as a mama, you got to do that, but it's a different story when you're talking about your spouse, right? Okay. I mean, this is the, I don't like to be told what to do. And I try to acknowledge that that's not my job to tell him what to do either. Okay. Because I know how I react to that and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, but it's that acknowledging effort and looking for the right time for something to come up. Okay. So a lot of times that means me swallowing the frustration and saying, I'm gonna try to bring this up at a time where it's not, I, I'm not emotional about it. And do you know what happens a lot of times I forget to ever bring it up. And then I forget about it. Okay, if I do that enough times, I'm like, I oh, well actually it was not that hard for me to just move it the two inches. Okay. Because I care about it being exactly in this spot and how nice that it was only two inches away and I only had to move it two inches instead of whatever. Does that make sense? So it all comes down to, I can only control what I can control. And so therefore I also have to control my reactions to things. I have to control how I bring certain things up, um, in a way that's going to maintain the relationship and sometimes, you know, give me a week of dealing with this issue while going okay I've got to remember to bring this up at some point when I'm not mad about this and then by the end of the week I'm like well I'm actually not bad it's not that big of a deal and then it can come up another time and it's like <laughs> you know I don't have that same angst over it I hope this is making any sense at all okay um let's see so I said I'm I've been on both sides in this um I get how hard it's it is to not take these things personally, but I also get how much it hurts when somebody takes something personally that I didn't mean personally. You know? I mean, okay. So I, I just want to say too, and I've I've used this in convers I've told my kids this story too. I'm like, one of the nicest things my husband ever said to me, I've told you guys this before, but um, was, you know, we were talking, we do this anniversary thing. What have we learned about each other? It's super easy. The first couple years you're married after 20 years, which we're about to 20 at this point, it's sometimes hard to come up with stuff. But anyway, one of the things he said a couple years after I started the blog was I've realized there's actually something wrong with you. And he did preface it with the whole, I hope this, you don't take this the wrong way. I'm not sure how to say this. Anyway, it was the nicest thing he ever said to me because he's, what he was saying was, I understand that you're trying. I understand that. I've finally realized you're not purposely not closing the cabinet doors. I've realized that you seriously don't see the same things I see. Now, there's other stuff. And then I try to take that and go, okay, well, there's stuff that I see that he doesn't see too. And I'm very thankful to him for acknowledging that I just don't see it. So I want to acknowledge the things that he just doesn't see. Make sense? Okay, hopefully. Um, and here's a little story about the toilet paper, just to show you that I have no good advice on this. <laughs> um, well, maybe I do have a good advice. I'll tell you in a minute. Um, so my oldest son, uh, when he was potty training one day, um, he was like, mom, mom, guess what? I figured something out. And I was like, what? And he goes, look what you can do. And he showed me how you can put toilet paper on the toilet paper holder and he thought i didn't know cuz it was never on the toilet paper holder it was always sitting on top sorry see that's why i have no advice on that issue but anyway because it just never occurs to me i'm like it just doesn't it's like i don't know i mean i'm not making conscious decision to not put it on there it just never occurs to me to put it on there anyway whatever unless guests are coming over but here's my solution for that um i gave up on the little toilet paper holders that require 3 and 4 steps To get the toilet paper on the toilet paper holder, meaning you have to, like, you know, squeeze it and then pull out the little bar and then put that on there and then squeeze it again and put it in whatever. Yeah. I have bought those little freestanding toilet paper holders that have a little space in the bottom for extra rolls of toilet paper. I actually have one that has like a magazine rack in the bottom. We don't use it for magazines, but we use it for extra toilet paper and then other things that need to be in the restroom, um, with you anyway. And you just slide them on the side. Like it's a one step. There's nowhere to balance something. It just slides on that step. So see, I have solved that problem anyway. Oh my word. It's my dumb alarm. Okay. Sorry. Um, let's see. So talk about it in non-heated moments. Oh, and then finally, before I end this crazily long podcast, right? Isn't this a long one? Let's talk about the five minute pickup. Um, I, my kitchen is rarely perfect, but when I want it perfect, I want it perfect. And when I ask someone else to do it, they don't ever do it to my standard of perfect. So What I do often, well, when we do a family five-minute pickup, everybody knows the five-minute pickup thing. Everybody knows the routine. I focus on that area that I most want to be perfect. I spend my five minutes in there. And somehow that eases my frustration over them not being able to get the kitchen to my level of perfection. It eases it when I know they're off doing something else. They're making some, we're all making some strides in our home at the same time together. I get to be perfectionistic about the thing I want to be perfectionistic about. And my resentment is not there that they don't care as much as me because they're helping in some way. Okay. Whether it's bringing dishes from all over the house into the kitchen, whether it's, you know, picking up, random things in the living room and putting them away, whatever my house is overall benefiting. And that's that whole teamwork issue. Okay. I hope that I have not been, I hope I didn't say something terribly offensive and hurtful in the midst of this, but just know that you feeling frustrated, you're not the only one. We all have these moments of frustration, but they're never worth the relationship and they're never worth halting the overall process of moving toward better and more comfortable home. Okay. I hope that helps. Um okay. I am going to stop there and um just remind you guys that um I would love for you to check out our sponsors. They are what make these podcasts popular popular. Did I say popular? That was embarrassing. I should really edit that out because it's not what I meant to say. They are what make these podcasts possible, possible and popular. We're not going to worry about my brain issues that caused me to um, substitute those words, but whatever. Anyway, they make these podcasts possible. You are what make them popular. So share them with a friend. I know. I hear all these other podcasters say that. Make sure you share this episode with a friend. And I'm always like, a lot of my people don't really want to share it with their friends, but I am telling you guys, I am so incredibly thankful. I love it when I hear from I hear from people all the time who are like, I've told this friend and then this friend and then this friend, and now we all talk about the podcast every week or whatever. Like, I love that. That makes me super happy. If you don't have any friends you feel like you can talk to about this stuff, consider becoming a patron of the show at the $5 level so you can have the perk of being in the super secret Facebook group. Anyway, if you want to find out more about that, go to patreon.com slash a slob comes clean. Okay. I will talk to you guys later. Bye.